Hello, welcome to Raw Japan episode 195. This is Brandon Chin broadcasting from Itoshima, Fukuoka. And today I want to talk about uh, fetishizing cultures or people. So I was in the city or in Itoshima, uh, in downtown Itoshima, uh, mailing out some stuff to friends. Or actually I should say paid members of my raw japan community they also happen to be my friends but um in japan right they're japanese people and uh they how can you say i was at a family mart which is a convenience store and i had to print these newsletters up to mail out because we use that content in the community where we talk about Japanese culture. And, uh, you know, the Japanese members, my friends, and my customers uh, speak about the Japanese culture they know, but in English, with foreigners, other people that I know, that are part of the community. And we basically exchange culture. In English, and usually for an hour once a week. But today was very interesting because I went to this family mart and I was walking in, and there was this dude outside smoking. And he's like, first he said, Konnichiwa, Konnichiwa, which is just, hey, or good afternoon, whatever. And I just responded. And then he switched to English and was like, hey man, nice hair. Cool hair. And it was like in that way, cool hair. And I was like, ah, oh, thanks. And he's like, because I have locks, if you haven't seen me before. But, um, <laughs> and he was, after he's like, yeah, I'm still walking forward, right? And he's standing stationary with his head turned to me as I walk into the store. And he's saying, uh, the next thing he said was, where are you from? And I kind of like put my hand up and said, I got to go, man. I can't really talk to you right now. And I wasn't really interested. So I just go in and I went to the bathroom and took a piss because my bladder was about to explode. I had drank a lot of green tea and it was time to release... And as I came out, you know, as I was, I was thinking, I was like, oh, I guess he just wanted to talk. But, you know, sometimes it's good. It's good to say no. It's good to save your energy and protect yourself in terms of mental and spiritual energy. And uh, sometimes you don't, have, you don't have to feel obligated to talk to everyone, whatever. And, you know, in Itoshima, people know me. And sometimes it depends. Sometimes I want to talk and they don't want to talk. They're busy or something. So it's like you have to know people's boundaries at the time. In any case, he didn't push further or anything like that. So I just went out and I saw him inside. He was sitting down. I was like, okay, I'll give him a little. I'll talk to him and see see what he wanted. Ah, sorry. <laughs> and um, I just I was like oh are you the dude from outside and I was speaking in Japanese and he said 
Yes. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I was like, okay, what's up? What, uh, uh, are you from Itoshima? Whatever. And he, you know, we just got to talk, and he's like, no, I live in Fukuoka, but I used to live in the U.S. for a year or two. And he's, that's when he switched to um, English, and he was like, I love, I love black people. I was like, what? <laughs> it's just funny because of how frank and startling it was. But uh, it was it's odd. It was, I didn't even take it like a respectful thing. I wasn't like, oh, okay. I was more like, what? what? <laughs> I love black culture. And, but it, his vibes were a little bit off. It wasn't like, it didn't even feel like, I don't know, it didn't feel like respect. It felt like feti like a fetish, like I love black people. But in any way, he, he kept going and he was talking and... Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so surprised about what he was saying. Because I was asking, okay, after he said I love black people, all right, he's like, do you love, I think before he said that, he was like, do you like hip-hop? I'm like, yeah, and I named the Japanese artist. He's like, who? And I'm like, oh, okay, you don't know him. What about American hip-hop? Who do you like? And he's like, Wu-Tang Clan. And I guess he gets a rise out of a lot of black people when he says that. But I was like, okay, you like old older stuff, cool. And he was like, that's when he was like, I love black people. Okay, so do you, do you, um, why are you here in Itoshima? And I just like switched the topic, but you know, we kept talking like, okay, where were you in the U.S.? And he said, New York. And I was like, oh, you just came back here, yeah? And he's like, yeah, I'm just here now. And um, suddenly he was like, do you smoke weed? And I was like, I used to. I kind of laughed at first because, you know, people assume because you have locks, if you're, especially if you're black, that you smoke weed. And if I'm Jamaican, so it's like triple. It's all the all the boxes are tipped. And uh, I was laughing. I'm like, no, I used to, but not in Japan. It's not worth the risk. And he's like, No, man, you won't get caught. It's so. Um, as long as you don't carry it, if you smoke it, it's okay. But if you if you carry it on you, then um, you're if you carry it on you, you can get arrested. And he's like, but it's not like cocaine or meth. <laughs> I was like, wait, what is, what is this guy? <laughs> but he's speaking in English, so it was like safe because you know most Japanese people can't speak. English, so, in any case, I think that's why he was doing it on purpose, you know. But, because uh, always when I speak with Japanese people, you know, some Japanese people, they think because you're a foreigner, even if you're speaking Japanese, that this is their opportunity to, to get some English practice in, even if their English is horrible. And so, uh, I always stay in Japanese. I don't care how many times they try to switch to English. I always stay in Japanese. And eventually, they switch over. They get the point that they're not going to get any practice out of me. Or sometimes I switch to English, and then 
they can't keep up, so I just go back to Japanese, and then it just flows smoothly. But this guy, you know, he spends some time in the U.S., and he's talking about drugs, and so, and he loves black people, so, you know, I just kept going, and, uh, yeah, he's, he said, if it's cocaine or meth, then it's, it's quite dangerous, I'm like, okay. And at this point, I'm just ready to be to find my exit out of the conversation because this is not somebody that I want to be aligned with, you know. And it's not because he's just because he does drugs, but his it's the it's like I felt this neediness in him, and it was confirmed when he said, "I was like, okay, so." Yeah, but you're, now you're back in Japan and you're back in your hometown. Are you happy? He said, nah, cocaine and marijuana is too expensive here. And I said, I was like, what? Are you not happy without the drugs? And he's like, no, straight up. Like, okay, this guy is kind of like, not maybe not junkie status, but getting there. And his eyes, you could say, he was hung, it's the hunger. That's what it was. It was a hunger, like a neediness. And then the next one was, do you want to smoke weed? And I mean, I was already saying everything with my, just the, the vibes I was putting out that I obviously wasn't interested in linking up with this dude, but he just kept going, do you want some, he, he asked, do you want some weed? And do you want to smoke some weed? And I think before that, he also said, yeah, I have a Jamaican. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I love black people. Before in the conversation, I was like, yeah, there's not so many black people here in Fukuoka, right? And he said, yeah, but I have a Jamaican friend. And then, then that's when he went after a few other words. He went into, do you want to smoke weed? I smoke with my Jamaican friends sometimes, as if that's going to make me, okay, yeah, you're a Jamaican friend, I should do it too. But uh, I was like, nah, man, it's not worth the risk. I mean, if I go to the U.S. where it's legalized in some states or in Europe, like, I don't have any risk. And uh, he was like, nah, nah, man, it's okay. I'm like, it's different for Japanese people, even if you got caught. He's like, I didn't get caught at 18. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you got arrested." He's like, "Yeah, but they didn't. They um, they didn't find it um, because I put it in my cro in my groin. Yeah. Like, I guess he had a bag of weed on him or something. No, yeah, a bag of weed on him, and uh, he, he was okay. He's like, "Yeah, they just they just test your piss, but if you, you're okay." And I was like, "No, I just don't want to get." He's like, "Oh, you don't want to get arrested?" I'm like, "Yeah, that." to get kicked out and he's like oh yeah that's actually why i'm back i got deported from the u.s because i i was, I was like wait why <laughs> because i punched this uh effing chinese guy and uh i had cocaine on me <laughs> it's like what what is this guy like <laughs> I'm telling you, like, obviously, you know, uh, junkies and, and criminals and gangsters and mafia, they all exist here in Japan, but it's just not common, right? And it's like, this place is like right next to the library in the downtown and the post offices, right? There. 
it was just very odd circumstances right across from elementary school. And actually right towards the end of the conversation, a family was walking out and they kept turning back looking at me. And then I, I recognized one of the, the younger girls. There's three of them. And the older, oldest one is actually a student in one of my elementary school, in one of the elementary schools that I go to for my day job as an English teacher, as an ALT. And they looked back and smiled and I waved. And it was just, it was so funny, a huge contrast. Just this guy, wide-eyed, looking at me. Come on, let's do drugs. I need it. And then the kids, like, oh, that's what I do, you know, during the day. But, uh, yeah, I just thought I would... um dive into that for this podcast because it, it really felt like a fetishization, fetishization, when it does come out, right? Fetishization, fetishization. <laughs> he fetishized <laughs> uh, black culture and I don't know, I don't really know, you know, his relationships with black people or whatever, but it just seemed like he was in it for the the murkier sides of black culture and our one segment of black culture, I should say. Because black culture doesn't equal hip-hop. Hip-hop is one part of black culture. Black culture is very diverse. And uh, anyway, um, it it was interesting because, you know, I think a lot of people that have an interest in Japan also fetishize Japan. You know, the anime, the manga, or the hentai, samurai, uh, especially dudes, Western dudes, and specifically uh, Western white guys. And I've spoken about this on podcasts before, but, you know, in my four and a half years here, out of the people I've met, it's it just it's always, and they're usually older. It's just always the older white men that the creeps that come specifically to find Japanese women because they they have an image that they're easy, whatever. And I've been with Japanese women that have told me that too. They're like, "You're different than the other Westerners because a lot of them, they just think." I'm easy or whatever, and uh, it offends them. It uh, turns away the self-confident ones, first of all, uh, etc. But uh, it just really meeting this guy just gave me the other side of the coin, yeah. And I mean, other groups of people also do that with black. Uh, culture but I mean you know it's for from whatever side fetishizing a people a culture you know it starts with simple cultural appropriation using elements of the culture uh, that are important to that cultural cultural identity without permission or using it just for commercial gain or your own personal gain 
without respecting the origins or citing the origins at least um, and can lead from cultural appropriation to eventual violence you know and we've seen it in the past but this is I, I just wanted to touch it on a on a light note and just say that um, I mean again I didn't go enough into this guy. I didn't talk to him long enough to know about his total experience in in the U.S. with uh, black people and how he um, interacted with black people, etc. And how he does it today, I don't know. But from what I could see, he was just... He was looking for his next high. And I, I don't know if he looks to hip-hop for that uh, street life or that taste of street life, whatever. Um, but uh, it's not, I mean, to say what parts of black culture you can or should like or what part of any culture you should or like. Like people that like anime or anime <laughs> or samurai is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you use that piece of the culture to uh, color your entire opinion and then your behavior when you communicate, interact, uh, connect with those people, then, then that's when it becomes uh, difficult or dangerous sometimes. When I first came to Japan, before I came, I had an image of mastery that you know, a lot Japanese people uh, overall were just masters and they really dedicated themselves wholly to whatever they were doing, etc. And that I just actually did some videos about Ikigai on my Instagram where there's a certain philosophy in Japan that, you know, you should find purpose in uh, whatever job you do. And that's why when you go to convenience stores in Japan or fast food restaurants, people are usually... Uh, very polite and dedicated to their jobs because that's the that's the ethos that's what's taught but like i said in my instagram videos as well it doesn't mean every single person is doing that and even so the culture overall that might have been the thing you know back in the day but it's changing and uh you know it's whenever you're going to interact with another culture, it's best to get a broad view of different elements of that culture. Whatever way you do it, watching videos, reading books, but try to find both sides of the aisle, different opinions about that culture, not just from one type of voice but from different voices, especially from voices from within the culture, so that when you go or when you come here to Japan, you're actually more prepared. And if you go to New York and mingle with black people, you don't just have an image of Wu-Tang or whatever. You understand that there's different sides of black culture. People from the Caribbean, people from African countries, you know, all over. People from Europe, 
black people from France, Germany, whatever. I mean, ultimately, they were also they were African before that usually, but you know, it it goes beyond hip hop. And same with Japan, it goes beyond anime and samurai. So you can use that as a starting seed, you know, to nurture your curiosity in the culture, but don't let it dominate your opinion of the culture. Because cognitive bias is real. If you don't open your mind and you come here to Japan, for example, and only want to see anime, cute girls, cute, submissive young girls or something like that, then that's all you're going to see. And you're going to gravitate to only those areas. Your, your view of Japan is going to be very limited and skewed. So when you go back to your country, you're gonna, that's the image you're going to spread. And it doesn't give the culture justice. And it also can lead down different types of roads, uh, like I described before, cultural appropriation to all the way up to violence and misrepresentation or misrepresentation that leads to violence, etc. Anyway, uh, that's exactly why I built Raw Japan, you know, which is basically me sending you books that I write about Japanese culture and the daily experiences that I have here and include handwritten letters about entrepreneurs and artists here in the local area so that you can get a better view, a more realistic view of Japan from the people within the culture. So I'm a bridge rather than the guru that's telling you how Japan is. I'm just giving these artists and, and entrepreneurs an outlet, you know, so that it's a better view of Japan, so that when people start flooding in for the rugby tournament, for the G20 Expo, for the 2020 Olympics, people are more prepared and ready to actually connect with people, you know, on a human level without the skewed cultural biases based on one sliver of the culture. You get a more wide view, broad view of the culture. You come here open to what you experience and then you can go deeper from there. So if you're interested in that, you can just go to www.brandonchin.net forward slash raw. Watch the video there and check it out. Also, if you want a free book, you just go to my website, www.brandonchin.net. You can sign up at the front page or you can even go to the special page with the description of the book, which is the same website, but forward slash block, B-L-O-C-K. I'm writing about the blockchain. As always, share the podcast with somebody you think needs to stop fetishizing. Fetishize. There we go. Fetishize. <laughs> uh, different cultures, people, whatever. And uh, share it with someone that you think just open up their perspective a little bit. 
on different types of people. Maybe their friend group, it looks all like them. Maybe they got to mix it up a little bit. This is not, that doesn't mean just white people. I'm talking about everybody, you know. You can still have pride in your ethnicity, your nationality, without preventing yourself from meeting other people and connecting with other people and learning about different perspectives and opinions and different lifestyles, you know? So, that's it. My, my juice is done. It is the 29th. Of March, it is midnight, 12.50. No, it's not midnight, almost 1 a.m. Great, take care of yourself. Good night.